Hey, celebrate and rejoice. It's Rob Nichols and friends on Fly Me to the Moon, the podcast. Not to be confused with Fly Me to the Moon, the song, or the fragrance for men. Yes, well, it is Fly Me to the Moon, but it is a somewhat more somber Fly Me to the Moon than normal, uh, because, of course, we are uh, producing this literally the day after the sad news, the very sad news that uh, another World Cup winner has actually uh, headed up to the great team in the sky. And, of course, the world has lost, has lost Jack Charlton. Um, Rob Nichols, uh, welcome to your, your very own Fly Me to the Moon. Welcome. Yeah, it's, um, it's very sad news indeed. Uh, Jack Charlton... Uh, he was the first. I, I went to many went to many games under Stan Anderson, uh, uh, but it was w- was under Jack Charlton that, uh, as a family, uh, my brother, my dad, and me had season tickets together, and that's when I really started going to every single game. And that and that's the team, the team that he built there, um, are full of names that 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 trip off everybody's tongue in, in the area. We still we still sort of connect to them, players that that played hundreds of games. Yeah. each really for, for the team but it, it was certainly something which um from my own point of view i mean we're sharing reminiscences obviously and i was fortunate enough yeah. to meet jack uh, on two occasions actually once when i, I uh, uh asked him for his autograph which he duly provided uh when i was one of mm-hmm. those uh i won't say urchins but i used to wait after the match with my parent with my <laughs> father of course and collect uh, autographs in the warwick street entrance i believe uh, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. the coaches used to come etc and and uh I think because of a connection that uh, I think David Mills' dad actually had knew, knew my, my own father, so there was a line there. And I think he was yeah. initially going to say no, but then he, he sort of realised that there was a connection that he signed it. And I did an interview with him a few years later, uh, and he was right. certainly a character. And and I think, you know, as you say, I I really started in my my relatively short tenure, five seasons, a season ticket with 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 Middlesbrough Football Club, kind of crossed over both the Jack Charlton and the John Neal eras. Um, yes. Before that, but 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 the first games were in Burroughs' first season back because I think nobody in the town who was alive at the time uh, and conscious, etc., in certainly the 1973-74 period when Burrow won mm. that record number of points in the second division and really uh, smashed all before them, could have really not sensed that something special was actually happening. Um, I think prior to that, my only conscious notion of Burrow being a kind of semi-glamorous team was the fact that they signed Nobby Styles, and and that was obviously again a, a, a yeah, another World Cup winner and there was World a big Cup excitement winner. from that point of view other than that you kind of knew one or two names but yes as you say the names Jim Platt John Craggs uh Frank Spraggan Stuart yeah. Bohm um and um Willie Madden exactly. Bobby Murdoch Bobby Murdoch Graham Sooness John Dickson David Mills Alan Foggan David Armstrong and let's not forget Alan Willey. Everybody does, but what the hey? Um, but yes, that they, they certainly proved, and certainly the signing Graham Sooners was a classic example that Charlton could spot a decent footballer. He, of course, Charlton was the first man who actually gave Paul Gascoigne his chance when he was manager of Newcastle. Yeah, um, well, actually with Sooners, Sooners was talking about that this uh, on, on Sky uh, yesterday. That, that, uh, sorry, is there another Sooners service available than Borough TV? I'm sorry. Well, 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 apparently, yes, yes. <laughs> he was already a Middlesbrough player, but it was, it was Jack Charlton that got hold of him and said, you've got to, you, you've got to focus because he was a bit of a wild lad. He, 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 that's why, that's why we, we got him from Spurs. He went down to London as a young, young Scot and it, it, he was sort of seduced by the, the, the bright lights, etc. And, and Jack Charlton really said, you've got to focus, you've got a lot of ability, you've got a decision to make. And, and, and he says he thanks him because he wouldn't have had the career he had if, if Jack yeah. Charlton had put him 
I, I put him on the rails. I, and that's what he did, didn't he? He brought a sort of discipline to the whole setup. He changed I mean, everything as well, Alex. Remember, remember, he didn't retire till he was about 37 uh, at Leeds. Yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd gone right the way through the whole Leeds era from before, before Reeve even, yeah. to yeah. Right, right through all their great successes. And he did things like, he's, he brought a lot of the, um, he brought a lot of the, the sort of uh, uh, things that, that Reeve had done at Leeds. He saw what he'd done. So therefore, he introduced the white chess band. Remember Leeds yeah. changed yeah. their strip yeah. to all white? Yeah. Like because Real Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, he wanted to, he, so he said, this is a new era. We start a new era. We we introduced the white chess brand, a new distinctive start for, for Middlesbrough. Mm. He even opened a shop. We didn't have, didn't have and his and his wife ran it. We didn't have a club shop at that time because remember Leeds were ahead of the game with with all. Mm. Remember all the all the merchandise and everyone used to have like well, Leeds. Again, pencil it's case interesting that I mean Charlton obviously his his place at Leeds was taken by Gordon McQueen, uh, and, yep. and certainly Leeds United were together with Liverpool and Arsenal, um, probably the, the major teams of that particular era. United were kind That's of right. on a downward curve. Tommy Doherty obviously was taking over uh, and they were, they were heading into that particular field. But again, in that, that whole period, and I think Charlton coming to Middlesbrough, uh, having such success and getting them promoted, uh, demonstrating quite clearly that uh, he was much more of a successful manager than his brother Bobby had been and was yeah. going to be in terms of Preston North End and so on, which again was a whole range of, of aspects. Um, I, again, the, the four years he actually spent with, with Borough, again, very, I mean, who could ever forget the fact it was sixth round of the FA Cup, so close and yet so far on a yeah. number of occasions in terms yeah, of working right. through the, the process. Yeah. So um, successful from that point of view, arguably, yes, John Neal brought a slightly more... Um, entertaining brand of football in certain instances to to, to borough and, and certain yes we were known to... as boring boring borough weren't we yes yeah. and I, I was actually thinking rob that in many ways if it hadn't been for jack charlton certainly what we have come to expect from graham war Gra graham warnock neil warnock graham taylor uh sam allardyce yeah. all the managers who whatever your views about their football or the game they have been successful in ensuring that stability was actually brought to clubs, etc. And, and Warnock, I think, probably because what he's ten years younger, well, little about fourteen years younger than than Jack, basically. Um, right, yeah. You know, will probably will have again picked up a number of sort of key things from that particular style, which sometimes is not the most entertaining. But at the other end of the scale, it means that hopefully you are successful and stable and can actually build for the future. Yeah, and we scored plenty of goals at home for most of those seasons. Of course, yeah. we, we both remember... 3-0 used to be the popular score, I gather. It did, well, it did. In fact, it was 3-0. It was I, right. I remember one particular game where uh, the Essen Park stands were literally shaking with the number of stomps that were going down. It was basically when the Borough went 3-0 up against West Ham United. I think it was 75-76, something along that sort of line. And right. it was a 3-0 win against West Ham. And, and that was the time where certainly... The, uh, the the stands that sort of were, were on, oh, I think the Warwick Street sort of basis, they, they, they were sort of uh, certainly rocking uh, from, from that point yeah. of view. Um, and, and again, his bluntness, the fact that um, I think Burrow at the time were uh, part of a TV documentary that Tyne Tees actually produced about the pro promotion right. season. Uh, there was uh, his own uh, Tyne Tees uh, produced sport, you know, learn soccer with Jack Charlton or areas yeah. within that that, that yeah, I, yeah. you know, opened up. And this is obviously paving the way for what many people I noticed in the papers today, that they're obviously looking at his tenure, very successful tenure as a, Repub a Republic of Ireland manager. Oh, absolutely. And, and the fact that actually, you know, the legacy that he left, which Mick McCarthy obviously built on, which kind of brought the Republic of Ireland into play as a, 
a, a team to be reckoned with as opposed yeah. to you know the equivalent of the Faroe Islands or or, or or line it was all down to Jack Sheffield Wednesday of course benefited Newcastle United um very, very brief tenure there wasn't it yeah but but at the same time I think you know his bluntness um probably disguised a very perceptive very oh, yeah. thoughtful individual who very clearly had passion for the game and and maybe arguably yeah in the in the contemporary world I mean it's interesting I was seeing a, a piece today uh, in in the Observer which talks about how Mourinho is a man out of his time and he's he's no good he's he's lost his his, his thing and how managers have a certain sell by date and so on it's possible Charlton wouldn't necessarily have succeeded in terms of his views vis-a-vis modern footballers and how I think he yeah. being a uh, one of the old school, both Bobby and Jackie, emerging literally from the days where I think the cliche used to be, Rob, if you if you shouted down a coal mine in the northeast, yeah. you get eleven footballers coming up because you know that, that there was that kind of ri- rising up from hardship and battling through that. Whereas maybe no names, obviously, sometimes the pampered individuals of today's Premier League and indeed sometimes Championship don't necessarily respond well to his kind of more blunt form of management, et cetera. I mean, there's a line about how I think in the 1990 World Cup, um, Andy Townsend was faced with the showers which uh, didn't work or basically had rust-coloured water coming out and they were just told, get sorted, get, deal with it, mm-hmm. deal with it, mm-hmm. cope with that, et cetera. Um, of course, his, his, his audience with the Pope, et cetera. And I think there was a bluntness there which kind of had its roots very much in a time where you know, maybe you know, we were looking at, at, at the way that you know, football was much more embedded with the community. I'm not saying it isn't now, but I think things have changed and things have evolved, etc. The final thing I'd, I'd like to say is how sad he obviously suffered from, from Alzheimer's and maybe yet again because of his prowess. Obviously, I think it was Bobby Moore who labelled him the giraffe when he played for, for England, of course, as a World yes. Cup winner. Uh, maybe that Jeff Astle aspect of heading ball, etc., that is an issue that could well have contributed, obviously, to, to the Alzheimer's. And, and we'll never know, of course. No, actually, I, I was... The last time I met his um, Jack's great friend Alan Peacock, um, he was he was talking about that. He was worried because he's uh, he, so many people around him, like Jack, have, have suffered uh, one sort of, of, of dementia or another, and he, and he was talking about that. You know, heading those those balls that did it was Alan Peacock again. It was the same, um, and yeah, it's a, it, it it is a very sobering thought indeed. If, if, if they paid the cost of, of, of the way they played um, in, in those, those days. Well, you said about shouting down a pit, didn't you? And let's let's not forget that, um, like 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 Bobby Robson, um, Jack Charlton did literally come from that background. He, the, 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 yes, and they both did work shifts down down the colliers. So so they knew all about um, uh, life at, at the coal face, let's say. But also. I remember um, interviewing Lenny Lawrence, another another sage sort of manager, um, when he was at when he was at Ayrson Park, obviously many years ago. And he, in 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 the, if we, we talked about Mourinho there, he was ahead of like Mourinho in being Lenny Lawrence never played professional football, but he used to point at the '66 World Cup team and say, uh, and talk about the lack of 
great managers that came out of that. And Jack Charlton stands head and shoulders above yeah. all his teammates as far as well, what he was you, able to do as an international manager. When you bear in mind, apart from the success at Southampton, Alan Ball are uh, completely well, at Man City. Uh, I don't like to talk about him, even though he's a big friend, a friend of Francis yeah. Lee. Um, Bobby Charlton, we've already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hurst's limited success in terms of, I think he sort of dipped in and dipped out and, and so on. Well, Marion um, Peters did a little bit. Exactly. Um, but, it is difficult. But, but, yes, but is it is it because is it because you said about his bluntness? Is it because he was uh, Jack Charlton was always grounded? He 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 served his time working beforehand. He was a great communicator. Lenny Lawrence always said a lot of those great players just can't get their head round that the, the players they're trying to ask to do things don't have the same not, skills. Sir. Don't have the same skills and can't do it. Jack Jack. Jack always sort of, um, he, he would always put himself down and say he was a stopper, he was a destroyer. He said he would say our kid was the was the player, but he had tremendous ability himself. So so he he was it was of that sort of mindset, wasn't he? But he, as a tactician, he was very very astute and pro, well ahead of his game as far as looking at uh, the shape of the team and looking at different formations, having like ideas. Obviously, got a lot of that from Don Reby. And, and Sir Alf Ramsey, of course, with yeah. with his wingless yeah. wonders. Um, but he was he could be flexible as well, could Jack. And but a great, I say, great communicator with his team, but also with the public, and uh, a man of the people. Um, always stood up for people as well, didn't he? Um, it, I think uh, the most you know, the most um, probably controversial moment of his career. And I seem to recall he actually got into trouble with the FA at the time, prior to becoming manager of Middlesbrough, when he was obviously still centre-half at Leeds United, was his famous Little Black Book, uh, oh, yes. which I think he had uh, yeah. uh, certainly noted, certainly folk down, which, again, an example, I thought, yeah, I think he'd have difficulty getting away with that in the, in the yeah. current climate, shall we say. But then, mm. as I say, times come. Uh, I'll, I'll just hold this up, because this is actually being doomed by, 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 by Zoom. Uh, so you can't, re it's all right, we're not video, don't worry. But I did think it was, it was at the, the Observer obviously do a whole thing, but the, the opening line from the, uh, the, the Sunday Sun newspaper, or the back of the page there, Boris tribute there, goodbye to a hero, to a hero. Uh, which yeah. is, 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 is well set for that. And of course, above that, we have what is another topic, which of course is, um, Borough suffer at hands of Robins. I know, it's fly me to the moon, yeah. we have to move on. Uh, yeah. Borough slumped to Bristol City home defeat. I thought, I mean, we, we talked at the last fly me to the moon about how we do one, uh, and certainly Borough do need to do one. Uh, we would actually um, have a, a live fly me to the moon ahead of the Bristol City game if Borough actually won their next two games. And yeah. obviously... I just, well, I think we both sort of just went into silent mode after the QPR game. Uh, and then, of course, it's Millwall. Uh, and we're looking at yes. Millwall and we're thinking, yeah, fine. And then I thought, oh, OK, so, you know, all, all's yeah. well. It's, it's all panning out quite nicely. We're still looking, obviously, at Wigan, conceivably, as say, uh, having that penalty, which you're quite right, Rob. I mean, that, that uh, they might well sort of just uh, uh, be ejected because of the uh, financial challenges that they've actually got. And then we have this this thing. I mean, you know, we're watching it on screen, three nil down. I mean, is yeah. it a case of as as Warnock said, uh, every time that um, Bristol City needed a lift, they got one. Every time Borough needed a lift, they got a kick in the teeth. Yeah, we haven't, Alex. Even though there's no crowd there, we haven't won at home this year at, at Riverside, mm. and it's beginning to weigh heavily on us. It, it appears, uh, and now we. 
we haven't got the crowd to lift us in these last three. It's down to three games. Um, we really only need one win. And uh, but Reading, sure. <laughs> Sorry, Reading surely should be should be a, a, a sort of area we can get. Well, from. yeah. I mean, that is the that is the game you're looking at. You're looking. You're hoping they can respond in the way that we did at Millwall. The pressure's on uh, again uh, in that game because. Not least because the two games after that are against Cardiff, which is obviously Warnock's old club. There's a, not, a lot to play for for both teams. Cardiff wanting to get in that that that, uh, that last playoff spot, mm. and then the final game of the season, Alex. Yeah, oh, yeah. so wait to Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday. Gary Monk. Sheffield Wednesday also could be could possibly lose twelve points, mm. and and there's a lot of animosity between the two clubs as well because of because of, because of that process, but. And, and and I don't know whether you know, Alex, but a lot of Borough fans will be quite all too well aware that we've actually been relegated twice at Hillsborough in recent history. Um, in, so we don't want to be yeah. for a third time unlucky as well. So we really could do with the points against Reading. I mean, three more points doesn't guarantee anything, but there's so many teams below us at the moment that you would like to think it, it 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 should be enough. I mean, it, it's that it's almost as though Borough like flirting with relegation. Although perhaps it's just Neil Warnock like symmetry that he basically wants to have four wins and four draws, and, and the balance is actually there. You know, he's, he's currently he's got uh, uh, two yes. wins and three draws, so you know a third win two coming. Two wins, three up. losses. Exactly. Yes. Oh, sorry, yes, three losses. Exactly. Three, three defeats. Well, Alex, that's, you put your finger on it there because. Warnock said uh, in his last press conference, he said two things. He said, first of all, I've got a 50% success rate and that's good enough for me, you know. But he also said, if we, the, the key is, if you, if, if, you, if you don't win, make sure you draw. And we've, we've, got no, we've not even been close in the matches that, that, that we've lost. Oh, uh, if, we, if we'd only got a point yesterday, but 3-1 was, I mean, it was nowhere near, as we say. If we'd only got a point yesterday, then that, that, that would have, with all the other results, that would have stood us in fair in, in, in a fair position. Yeah, because again, it does seem as I mean, Hull City obviously are defeated. Uh, you've got that. I mean, that still have that clutch yep. of clubs, uh, and it's it's the sort of forty five Hull City on forty five points, arguably Luton Town on forty four. You could, I mean, Barnsley drew, of course, yesterday. They have forty three, and then there's Borough forty seven, um, Huddersfield Town forty seven, Charlton Athletic forty six, Stoke City forty six. And Birmingham City 40-49. Obviously, we talked about Wigan Athletic and Sheffield uh, Wednesday currently have 54 and 55 points, which if they do have deductions, obviously would have an impact. Um, well, Wigan it, are going to get... Wigan will get a deduction, uh, but the, the, they'll, they'll, it'll be held over to next season if they're already in the bottom three. That's But, but they won't already be in the bottom three. No. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but so, uh, not, uh, not they, they, they fancy their chances to win all their games. Uh, and if you look at the, 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 the and that's that's only three games, but obviously that was a big blow at them yesterday. That draw, um, and they got a man sent off as well, didn't they? Is it just a case though, with respect? To, I mean, I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, I don't know in terms of the markings, etc. I mean, clearly, Warnock was very fulsome in his praise of Jed Spence and basically saying that if Spence isn't playing at the at the top of the game and at the top of his mm. profession in a few years' time, then, then he's, he's obviously uh, not making the sort of effort he, he's going. Sadly, it looks as though um, the concerns that have been raised throughout his career of Ravel Morrison haven't manifested. I think there was a slight hope that, you know, it could be last chance saloon. He could actually develop things from that point of view. Um, yes. And then, I mean, look, looking at the sort of the player watch lines that I'm, I'm seeing here for, for the thing, it seems as though... The majority of Borough players were scoring fives and sixes, almost as though, in a sense, 
you know, that uh, doing it for more than one game sometimes it's that inconsistency, and it must be yes. so frustrating as a fan to to watch that, and you see this this constant inconsistency. The only consistency yes. is that they're inconsistent. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, it, 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 yeah, and it, and it, and it's not just. I think Warnock used the the, the term chalk from chalk to cheese, and it is, isn't it? It's a, it's incredible difference between the last three games. Oh. Um, but it does seem to be the home games where we <laughs> we're, we're playing appallingly uh, badly, um, and. Well, yeah, we've just got to get over the line. We've just got to get get something from Reading, and and we're, we're constantly looking at other clubs. But we need some points ourselves at some point, don't we? Um, and it, it certainly does seem as though. I mean, it, it, it seems powerless, Alex, because you, you yeah. you're just watching the computer street, yeah. stream. Well, because um, that's the next thing know. I was going to say. Is it because of the atmosphere? I mean, we've talked about how. Yeah, and I know the old story as well. You know, probably the most informed team at home. Uh, during this project restart period has been Man City. Uh, but And that's probably because, as, as some waggers said, well, they're used to playing in, in front of an empty stadium each week when they're at home. No, that's not the case. <laughs> but, uh, that's by the by. Um, but, but, I mean, you know, again, looking at those sort of things in terms of they beat, Middles, they beat Millwall 2-0 away. Uh, yeah. They lose at home to QPR. Uh, they, obviously, they lost away to, to Hull City. Um, yeah. As I say, it must be, you know, from Neil Warnock's point of view, it must be highly frustrating to, to sort of see that because ultimately, yeah. you know, other than <laughs> what, what can the manager do other than shrug his shoulders and say, well, where, where do you go? Because it's the, the players are the same, the personnel are the same. And then one almost thinks, what would Jack Charlton be saying now? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Charlton at his peak, you know, in terms of, you know, how would he actually have related? Well, I, I think Jack Charlton at his peak would be saying much the same as Neil Warnock in that he would be wishing that he'd inherited uh, Daniel Ayala. It, it, I mean, Daniel Ayala, I always thought, it, it, it physically, got. he looks a lot like Jack Charlton. Oh, uh, oh. But I, I say that because Warnock said many times about, about the imbalance of the squad. And what he means by that is, um, it, and it might not be a good message for, for a lot of fans, he wishes he had four defenders he could pick that, that that were first and foremost defenders rather than players that comfortable with carrying the ball forward. Mm-hmm. Middlesbrough have, uh, have have got have sort of been more progressive, if if you like. Ayala was the one player that that was an out and out stopper, really a, a, a big man mountain. I'm, so we're paying the price there. We've just lost another defender this morning. I don't know whether you know, Alex. Um, Harold McCoody has, gone, has decided to go back to, to France. I'm not sure of the reason. He wasn't in the team. But it has to be said, if we, if we lose a, a defender, then McCoody would have been in the team. And he was a player with quite a bit of experience. Ironically for him, his last game for us was in that QPR game where he was played as... Um, a defensive midfielder, which was he looked well out of position. It didn't it didn't really make a lot of sense, I don't think. But we don't know why he's gone, but he's gone. And um that's leaves another one short with, with just three games left. Um so what what does he do? Well obviously when we went to Millwall he, he said that Ryan Shotton was the one in training that was shouting a lot in training. And I, I guess this is even more the case without any crowd there, in the, that you've got to project yourself on the pitch because you, you can be heard. He wants somebody to boss players, and Shotton certainly played really well at Millwall. He was he was the man of the match. 
we changed our formation. We put three three at the back, but we've shown our hand now, haven't we? And I suppose in many respects that that we, we tried to play the same way against Bristol City, which was fair enough. But Bristol City were more of a a, a ball playing team, uh, and well, it didn't work. Um, oh. I'm not saying it's because of the formation, but it didn't work anyway. So you could argue as well that Bristol City, having changed their manager, there's still a bounce back effect. I think with Lee Johnson Without having gone. And, and and clearly uh, think, the, the incoming dean is is um, you know having having some success and, and I suppose they haven't quite given up on playoffs although I suspect they're, they're doubtful really at this stage. I I think I think the pressure had gone really. Um, mm. I think with that the the, the beat Hull didn't the two one mm. and they were under all sorts of pressure from Hull but they'd finally got those three points and and yeah I think that I think they knew that they were they'd blown it um, but because they're so far down. They had nothing to lose apart from playing for their new boss. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but, yes, Reading are playing pretty well, but we, we but so are Millwall. We need to go there and, and yeah, if Jack Charlton would, would come up with a game plan. Well, I think if you can get the you know, spirit of the World Cup winners, if you can pull on Borough's World Cup winners, Nobby Styles, Jack Charlton and Harold Shepherdson. Then somehow that combination, all of whom obviously had connections with Borough, obviously some more than most, and Harold Shepherdson, obviously one of the key members uh, of the backroom staff for, for many a year, um, yes. which often people forget. I think, yes, remember, he, he was there for a whole range of things from that. Um, yeah. Again, three games, three points, that'll be fine. You know, three draws, basically, if you want to go for that, or one win, yeah. uh, and yeah. various other things, and, and things w- would map out. Um, one of the <laughs> things we can, we can guarantee, though, is that issue 606 of Fly Me to the Moon will be coming out uh, in good time for the Borough versus Cardiff game. Um, but it's best if you're actually, these days, socially distanced, etc. Uh, it's well worthwhile. Don't say, don't say, I've got to get down to the office. No, don't follow the government's advice. You know, just follow through on that basis and subscribe. So how can people actually get hold of a copy of basically the season's worth of Fly Me to the Moon magazines, <laughs> including, of course, the upcoming issue 606, not to be confused with the um, uh, phone-in of that title set up by Danny um, Baker a few years ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've not thought of that. Yes, you can get the... Um... Oh, and did you know, did, did I tell you this, Alex, the other week that, that I think I think I might have done, actually, that it's probably the most prolific fanzine that's left going Very now. Very much, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, actually, perhaps uh, for uh, the next season, it, could, it, it should actually be retitled The uh, Longest Running uh, Football Fanzine. Ah, well, you see, it, it's all in the wording, Alex, because it's not. Ah, <laughs> you see, it's, the, it's got the most issues of any current fanzine, but it's quite, that sounds quite, complicated doesn't it um so yes you can you can if you go to um fmttm.com and click on fanzine shop then uh, this afternoon i will be putting up um i will be putting where you can buy it as pre-sales and we've also got a subscribe button there if, if yes if you did want to get all the back issues i'll, I'll, I'll get them out of the garage and in terms of uh, when you're listening to this, hopefully I say it will be launched as a podcast uh, on Sunday, the 12th of July, um, within moments, hopefully. You can also, of course, access us through uh, through Red Army Radio uh, with uh, the oh, yeah. uh, wonderful uh, redarmy.tv, uh, which is actually there. And then there's a, a link to listen at that. Uh, or you can also go to the uh, uh, the site, which is uh, uh, Red Army Radio, as, as we mentioned. Um 
Interesting yes. times then look ahead for us, Rob, in terms of how we're, we're heading off for the whole sort of system. I mean, uh, yes. we, we rightly spent some time considering a true legend in terms of Jack Charlton. Uh, let's hope that Borough's legends in the making will hopefully sort of develop their, their own side of things because I'm sure that uh, from their own point of view, uh, the... Uh, as I said, unless they want to actually just tease the fans and every so often when they, they look as though it's perfectly going to be safe, they just dip down again and sort of tease, tease the sort of little toes into, into the sort of uh, the notions of uh, uh, Division One uh, football. But let's face it, we do not want to be playing Sunderland next season. Unless it's in the Cup. That's all I will say. Yes, absolutely. Okay, final words then. How do we actually end the podcast? Whether it's via Zoom or otherwise, there's only absolutely. one way we can actually do this. After You're three, right. one, two, three. Come, Come on, Borough. Up the Borough.